checked some boxes this week and I forgave my father and I'm going to tell you all about it. What's up? My name is JC, and this is Life and Times of a Native Son, Season 3, Episode 10, I think. Try not to fuck this up again, but I think it's 10. Um, Yeah, so I hope you guys had a great week. Um, Hope you had a great weekend. My weekend was pretty good. Um, I went to this place called uh, the Velveteen Speakeasy in Stillwater, Minnesota. Uh, if you ever have a chance, it's a, definitely something I recommend that you do. Uh, it doesn't really have an address and you go there, you don't know how to get into the place. You just kind of got to find the entrance. And, um, we walked up and down the street trying to find out how to get in there. And, um, eventually we got tired of trying to find it and I went into this restaurant and I said you know how to get into the Velveteen and they said why don't you just go down that hallway and follow the black rabbits and I was like oh okay and uh so I grabbed um uh my friend who's a girl who was with me and uh we go down this little hallway and there's all these little black rabbits uh stenciled on the wall zigzagging through these back hallways go by the kitchen you can see everybody cooking and shit in the kitchen and um go to the end of this hallway and there's this door that looks kind of like the door to a house and it's in the middle of this back hallway thing and open the door and there's just this really cool restaurant in there um and we just had uh wine and some um i don't know appetizers and uh it was pretty cool i think um you know next time i go i'd like to just go and you know maybe have some whiskey because there was some people that were uh, i don't know if you've ever seen where they do like the um like uh where they burn some wood and they put it put the whiskey glass in there with the whiskey and and then they cover it up and that smell gets into the whiskey I think there was something like that happening because we kept smelling um, like burnt wood or whatever. Um, So, yeah, that was cool. If you're ever in Stillwater, Minnesota, Velveteen, Speakeasy, check it out. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how to get in. That's you're on your own when it comes to that. Uh, That's that's part of the part of the process. Um, I'll just tell you this. I know that there's no black rabbits outside so it's you're not going to be able to find it from outside if you're looking for a black rabbit maybe i don't know i didn't see any so um you know thinking this week i was thinking about my trip to colorado and then going up to um northern montana you know to say goodbye to my dad and 
been processing a lot of that whole thing and thinking about my father when I was a kid and when I was really young I don't really remember him being around that much I remember him being being there sometimes and you know not being there most of the time uh it was always different if he was around for me Uh, my brother and sister had a lot different experience with my father than I did because they're nine and eight years older than I am so they remember more of the um nuclear family part of 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 a husband and wife I don't I don't really have that type of memories of my father um you know mine with my dad really starts with you know the night that um he came home and he put hands on my mom in front of my brother and sister and I and um I I I didn't really have you know I was so young that I didn't really process that and you know my childhood really with my father was weekends with him in the beginning you know it was my dad would come pick us up we'd go do whatever and he'd buy us candy and um, love us and toys and shit like that and so it was always good stuff with him when I was with him you know because my mom had to do all the hard shit you know she had to do the discipline and you know getting us ready for school and all of that stuff and my dad's job was really just to be there and to have fun with us so for him um, so for us as kids I suppose our memories of or personally my memories of my father were was always the fun stuff the love the toys and the candy and going to restaurants and things like that I do remember one time my mom is like you need to get the kids coat winter coats and we went to the stockyards because we were always at the damn stockyards and my dad bought my brother and sister and I these really cool puffy um winter coats you know totally 70s style and uh, we had these great coats, but my dad was also driving truck at the time and he was hauling cattle. So we go to the stockyards, we get our cool new winter coats. And then my dad had to clean out the, the, his trailer and it was full of cow shit. And so the way they do that is kind of the same way you wash a car. They get in there and they just start spraying the shit out. And my brother and sister and I, our coats smelt like cow shit forever after that. I don't, I don't even really remember wearing them that much after that. But um, um, maybe that's part of the reason why cow, I like the smell of cow shit. It's so weird. But, you know, people like this, like weird smells that um, ratatouille them back to when they were younger. And cow shit is one of those smells for me. Um, and then after that, it became, you know, just spending summers with my dad, you know, we spent I remember I spent the summer with him when he was in Missoula and um, my sister was stealing cigarettes from him the whole time we were there he had one of those like little wooden things that you pull the door open and there were cigarettes in there well my sister figured it out was smoking cigarettes all summer Um, and I think that I probably told on her after that and she got in trouble and was pissed at me um and then you know after that it was at the racetrack because my my dad trained racehorses uh for a large part of his life so uh, i remember being at the track in like great falls and montana helena montana and billings montana and um there was 
that was how I spent my summers, you know, getting up in the morning, feeding the horses, uh, putting them on the walker, going for breakfast, coming back and switching them on the, the walkers. Um, I learned how to fold a flag one year and I think this was in Great Falls but uh, my dad was like well why don't you go with with so and so it was another it was an American Indian dude and he had he had um, spent some time in the service and so that was his job was to put the flag up and I learned how to fold the flag and how to respect the flag and how to treat the flag from an from an American Indian is pretty ironic how respectful he was to the American flag. Um, over, you know, over, over time, uh, I got to know a lot of my dad's horses. And I remember one year he had, um, four horses in this, I'll probably still in great falls. He had uh, a horse named, um, Hong Kong henchman. Um, one called cereals boy, one called uh, Cup of Pride and another horse called Dino's County. And they told me right away, you got to be careful around Dino because he's a mean horse. He'll step on you. He'll do whatever. And over the course of that summer, uh, that horse ended up being my favorite horse. And I would I remember I would lay back. He'd put his head down and then he'd pick me up and lift me off the ground with his head. And, uh, and then I'd slide down his, down his nose and, you know, get on the, on the ground again. But that horse, uh, he was a shit horse. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to win the Kentucky Derby anytime soon, but, uh, he was a great horse. Um, one year, um, I won $360 cause I bet my dad had two of his horses, Cereals Boy and Cup of Pride running in the same race. And this was in Billings and I put two bucks or whatever I was either put two I don't know if I was smart enough to box yet so I want to say that I just put two bucks I may have put four and boxed them so that they could finish in any order but I'm pretty sure that I only did two bucks for them to finish in a specific order and I won 360 bucks I ended up buying a skateboard a boom box a bunch of GI Joes and a new edition uh tape because this is pre-cds obviously um the heartbreak one the first one that they had johnny gill in the band and so that was pretty cool um i used to tie my little brother up to the walker by his belt loop and just let him kind of swing around the walker um and then uh you know one summer uh my cousin larry who i was just at uh his his daughter's wedding a couple of weeks ago he came up to billings and we spent the summer my dad had bought me a brick of firecrackers and so larry and i were blowing shit up all summer and then uh, we got tired of blowing stuff up so we started making rockets we started breaking <laughs> breaking the firecrackers open pouring powder out and making these rockets and when we got bored of that we started making rockets and putting grasshoppers in them like it was little space shuttles and oh man some grasshoppers suffered some horrible deaths flying off the balcony of my dad's place in Billings. Um, and then the older I got, you know, graduation started to come up and I was living in Minnesota. And that's when, you know, my dad and I uh, really started to kind of lose contact. And there was about two or three years where I hadn't heard from my dad and I didn't even know where he was. 
and my graduation was coming up and I said something to my mom about it. And I was like, you know, this sucks. My dad doesn't even care that I'm graduating and all of that. And um, my dad, you know, eventually reached out to me right before I graduated and told me how proud he was of me. Um, I'm pretty sure that that was because my mom called my grandma um, and said, you know, your son's graduating, you better do something. So my dad um, ended up, you know, calling me right before I graduated and everything was all good. And then, uh, you know, I was getting married uh, years later and, you know, I invited my dad to my wedding and I didn't know whether or not, you know, he was going to come and then he wasn't going to come and then he was going to come and then he wasn't going to come. And then, um, you know, uh, we had rented a bunch of hotels for people and I had gotten a hotel room for my dad. And, you know, the night before I got married, he canceled on me and I was pissed off about it. And um, and then, you know, eventually he called back later and said that he was coming. I stayed up all night waiting for my dad to get there and he never showed up. And so I woke up in the morning thinking, yep. Yeah, I should have known, you know, that he wasn't going to come. But then I go outside and my dad was there. Um, so he was there for my wedding and that was cool. And he got me, you know, two presents that uh, um, meant a lot to me. He gave me a, a feather, um, an American Indian feather with uh, that was had some regalia on it. And then he also gave me, when he went into the service, he bought my grandma Clara, who my oldest daughter is named after. He had got um, her some silverware and came in a wooden box and it was all divided and stuff. And so he gave me that. And, and you know, that meant a lot to me. And then, you know, life went on and I hadn't talked to my dad for a while again. And, I, you know, I had my kid. I had my oldest daughter was born and one night I was sitting around and I was drinking wine watching the NBA finals like you do and it was the Miami Heat against the Dallas Mavericks this is when um, the Mavericks still had Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki and the Miami Heat had Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal and I was getting a little loopy on wine and I called my mom and, you know, my mom had gave me a little bit more of a clarification about the night that my dad laid hands on her. And I really struggled because I was a father and I knew how much I loved my daughter. And, you know, I struggled with how much I wanted to see my daughter and how much I wanted to be around my daughter. And then, you know, how he could not be that way drove me a little bit crazy and I couldn't understand it um so it started processing my childhood a little bit differently and my dad didn't necessarily get a free pass anymore and you know for for a few years I I I I've been angry with my father and I and I haven't had time with you know from my father and um you know, over the past year, um, my father's health has come into question. And a lot of people have been, you know, you need to talk to your dad. You need to go see your dad. And I pretty much settled on the fact that I wasn't going to talk to my dad. And that I would deal with whatever things I had to deal with with my father after he had passed away. And um, 
I, I, when I went to Colorado, the subject start came up again. You know, one of my cousins, my cousin Rob, had said, you know, I don't want to bring anything bad up at this point, but you need to go see your dad. He's not doing very good. And at that point, I was still like, you know what? I don't I don't need to do that. I'll deal with it all later. And um, it kept coming up that all weekend. And then uh, when I was in Vail with my friend who's a girl, we went out to eat and she brought it up again. She had had kind of the same experience with her father and... Um, I still really wasn't sold on whether or not I was going to talk to my dad or not. And, you know, we're at dinner and she's like, well, why don't you just call your mom? And so I called my mom and she's like, yeah, you should talk to your dad. And so our plans changed and we decided to go to Montana and have a conversation with my dad. And we get there and we pull up. And we're sitting in the car and I, 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 I really didn't want to do it still, but I'm literally like 25 feet away from him. And, um, I decide, you know, I'm here, I've got to do it. Um, and I went in and, um, my dad's not in the best of shape. And so I kind of knew right away I wasn't going to lay a bunch of shit on him about, you know, how I felt about my childhood and about um, how he neglected my brother and sister and I. And I just, you know, we just sat there and talked. And then he said something, you know, towards the end um, that I interpreted it one way. And I, I was kind of pissed. And I walked out the door. And, that, and, and, and as I walked out the door, I closed the door and that one of his friends had came over right before I left and I could hear him talking um, talking to his friend about me and it was all good stuff and about how proud he was of me and all these things that I'd done that he was proud of and um I kind of stood there and listened to it for a little bit and um, I debated about whether or not to go back in or not and I decided not to and uh, you know I knew that 25 feet away was comfort and I could just leave and uh, deal with it in the next you know, 13 hours in the car. And that's kind of what I did. I just walked out the door and not knowing whether or not, you know, I'm ever going to see my dad again. And, um, you know, I've struggled with abandonment and with my father and, um, a lot of different things with him and there's this movie it's kind of the quintessential american indian movie and i don't know if you've seen it or not uh it's a movie called smoke signals and it and it and it's really kind of about the same stuff about a guy whose father died and he's going to um get his father's ashes and his stuff out of his out of where he lives 
and it's these two Indians just kind of dealing with that. And at the very end of that movie, there's a poem that kind of sums up, uh, I guess, a lot of what not just American Indians, but people in general who have issues with their fathers deal with. And um, and I'm going to read it to you. It's by Thomas Builds the Fire from Smoke Signals. And it goes like this. How do we forgive our fathers? Maybe in a dream. Do we forgive our fathers for leaving us too often or forever when we were little? Maybe for scaring us with unexpected rage or making us nervous. There never seemed to be any rage there at all. Do we forgive our fathers for marrying or not marrying our mothers or divorcing or divorcing or not divorcing our mothers? And shall we forgive them for excesses of warmth or coldness? Shall we forgive them for pushing or leaning, for shutting doors or speaking through walls, for never speaking or never being silent? Do we forgive our fathers in our age or in theirs or in their deaths? saying it to them or not saying it we forgive our fathers if we forgive our fathers what is left you know I forgive my father because I don't know you know his dad wasn't around either and he never had a teacher to teach him how to be a father. You know, my grandmother raised my raised my dad and he didn't have a teacher. So I I I don't know. I'm still processing everything with my father, but I I forgive him and I love him. And you know, despite everything, he taught me how to be a father. You know, by him being who he was made me bitter and tell myself that I would never be that way. And um, I guess I guess I I thank him for that. Um, Yeah, I was blessed enough to have two dads. You know, I had a dad who showed me love when he was around and I had a stepdad who came into my life and my brother and sister in our life in a time in which, you know, we were all dealing with a bunch of stuff and he took on a lot. And I don't know, you know, too many people who would do that, who would take on three children who weren't theirs at different ages. Um, and, and, and be a a positive father figure for them so I think I learned how to be a father from both of them and you know and 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 my mother too my mother was amazing because you know my stepdad was gone a lot of the time too because of work he was you know one of those 80s fathers who was gone Monday through Friday and so my mom raised me you know you know a lot of that time and so I'm a father because of my mom And because of my dad's, I'm the father that I am. And I'm not perfect. You know, I tell my son this all the time, and I've probably said it on here more than once, that my dad's dad wasn't that good. 
my dad was better than his dad. As long as I'm better than my dad and my son is better than me, eventually there's going to be a time where somebody's not going to be able to say, Kelsey, men are no good. And... And that makes me feel good about my son's children and my son as a father. And, you know, if you're a father, just understand this. Your kids are only going to be in your life for a certain amount of time. And then they're going to be off, you know, raising their own families, living their own lives. But your time with them is going to leave a mark on them that you can't understand until, you know, something happens and you either lose contact with your kids because of who you were as a father or your kids always want to be around you because of who you were as a father. I choose to have my kids be want to be around me because um, I was a good dad. And yeah, that's it. That's all I got this week. Uh, it was it 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 was a good week, and I I think that um, I checked a few of the boxes that I wanted to check in life, and forgiving my father and understanding my father are two of those boxes. I hope you have a great day. I hope you have a great week. I hope you have a great year. And I hope you have a great life. My name is JC and this has been Life and Times of a Native Son. Peace. I'm out.